You're listening to a podcast from Grace Church in Salado, Texas. For more information and resources just like this, visit us online at gracesalado.com. Hello and welcome we to Grace. <laughs> well, hello and welcome to the Grace Church Salado podcast. My name is David Laws, and I'm joined again this week by Jason Goings, the pastor of Preaching and Vision here at Grace. If this is your first time listening, we do this podcast each week so that you would come away with this renewed excitement and appreciation for God's Word, and you'd have a better idea of how you can actually apply it to your day-to-day life. So our Life First this week is a continuation from last week's Life First in Psalm 37, verses 5 and 6. It says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will act, making your righteousness shine like the dawn, your justice like the noonday. So, Jason, I'm excited about this week's podcast. Uh, Like I said, it's a continuation of what we were studying last week with Corey, where uh, we saw these kind of series of commands, and then he talks about giving us the desires of your heart, and we discussed how, you know, that doesn't mean we're going to be getting Lamborghinis and mansions, but our heart is actually changed, and those desires are changed, and so we're, we're desiring Him. And so we talked a little about the context previously, but, you know, maybe can you remind us of what's happening in this psalm here? Um, yeah, and I, I would add into that that it's not even, and I know you all talked about it last week, but he changes our desires from things like Lamborghinis to trucks. You know, it's it is this is an instructional psalm. Can I, I love, have a Lamborghini truck? Do they uh, make a truck and I get two well, for one? Well, God can make that. Good. If, if it were for our good <laughs> and for our long term good. But, but I think what's really neat about this psalm, it just really simply says a psalm of David, and then it's instructional. A lot of David's psalms, you know, there are him sharing his heart. It's a prayer or some sort. But this is an instructional psalm for mm-hmm. our joy, for our good. And so um, what we see here is David instructing us, instructing the reader how to live the life that we really do desire to live, even if it's not that we desire to live it, we desire to have the end results of living a life this way. And so he's reminding the reader that the life we really crave and we want hinges on us relying, leaning on, connecting to God. Well, and he starts it off with these, uh, with a series of commands. He says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him. Uh, And then he, he continues that on with some promises that come from that. But maybe talk a little bit about what's happening in that section of the verse. Well, it's, it's a, it's, it's like I said, it's that introduction to discovery. Um, you know, it's this come discover that when you fulfill what you need to be doing, you're going to discover things about God that you didn't know. For example, discover, you know, looking at the verses three and four from last week, discover that trusting in the Lord does something amazing. It moves us to do the good and it pushes away the fear. We will be fed, uh, discover, you know, verse four, how, delightful the Lord really is. Delight yourself in the Lord and and then watch and see how it affects and changes and refreshes the desires that we have and how much of a blessing that is. So this is an instruction today that's inviting us to discover. Discover that committing our way to the Lord is growing our trust. When you commit to something, you're you're trusting that. And so discover how when you commit your way to the Lord your trust grows, um, and and watch how God acts as we step forward in committing and trusting ourselves. Because what we see about Him is when we commit to Him, 
He is our representative. He is our justifier. He is the one that makes our case. It's, it's great. It's beautiful. And what do you think that really means, like, to commit your way to the Lord? Like, if, if you weren't—if you didn't grow up in the church, like, that type of language isn't super familiar to you, and someone says, commit your way to the Lord, like, what would that actually—like, what does that mean? Well, uh, to me, I, I think it's, it, it's, it's funny, because I think deep down we, we know—we we, want to try to overthink, but it's commit yourself to something that lords over yourself. Like, when we commit our way to our job— uh, when we that means we're all in. Well, we know what the word commit means, right? And so, okay, what is the job demanding of me? I'm gonna commit to it. Okay, demands eight hours a day. Commits maybe this particular job demands twelve hours a day. I'm gonna commit to that. I'm gonna give myself to it. What does it take? Means I'm not doing this. I'm doing this instead. And so, when we commit to the Lord, commit our way to the Lord. We're learning what is he demanding, what is he expecting, what is he desiring of us, and we're all in. He is Lord of that. And I like the way you broke that down, too, because I, I think of it in the terms of, like, if you were going to commit to a diet or, or commit to a workout regimen, like, what does that mean? Well, it means you start reorienting how you're spending your money, how you're spending your time, how you're spending your resources, how you're prioritizing things. Like everything starts to get shifted around because you're committed to something. And so I liked the way that you actually tied those two commands together that when he says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, that's actually, those are, those are going together. They're not just two random commands that happen to be next to each other. Yeah. And it's, it's a commitment to, to everything that he's about too. What's neat about this discovery and this instruction to discover God this way is what we see in these texts are these promises and so what we learn is what we really need is actually already found. What It's found in God. It's found in the Lord. What is required of us, things like faith, delight, commitment, well, it's already found. It's, it's found in God. What we crave and what we hope for, you know, those for our desires to be Godward, for justification, for a reputation that is honorable. Well, it's all found. It's all there discover, come, discover, commit, put, to use a gambling phrase for those, put all your chips in, you know, commit to the Lord, and you're going to find all that God has for you is already there. Well, and I love the the promise that's wrapped up in that command, because he very easily, David could have just said, hey, commit your way to him, trust him, but he gives us that promise of the Lord right after that, and it says, and he will act. Because it's a scary thing to trust. I mean, when we're saying, hey, put your chips all in, put all of your eggs in this one basket, I think it's beautiful that God was kind enough to give us that promise there, like that reminder that he will act, that our trust is not this blind, oh, I hope this works out. I don't really know. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, but this is, we're, we're acting and we're trusting based on something that we know to be true. And I think that's a beautiful reminder thereafter. Well, yeah, committing our way to God is not committing to chance. I mean, we're committing... To him, there it's not a one in hundred and forty something chance. I mean, so really, the trust and the faith is that we we don't know God. So we're He's telling us to commit to the one. This is what's so beautiful about this: delight yourself in, commit your way, trust in Him, and that's a calling to do something to, with someone we don't know. But when you do that, you're going to discover all that God is. It's like this, it's going to keep paying forward 
into our lives, the more we lean into God, the more we get into God. Well, and I don't know if this is really abstract. It's not going to make any sense. But what I was thinking about as you were saying that is that the risk is not in the reality. The risk is in the perception. And what I mean by that is when we're, we're putting all our eggs in this basket, we're trusting in God, the risk is not, will God do what he said he will do? The risk is we can't see it. So we're, we're having to trust in something that we can't physically see with our eyes. And that's scary. Like that's where that whole element of trust comes in, not will God do it? Well, I would say that for going back to your initial question for somebody who hadn't grown up in that relationship with God, it, I think that's the case. But for those who have a relationship with God, you know, God to be true to his word, but even still that person like you, me, we've, we've grown up loving the Lord. We've given our life. We've been in this for a long time and there's still got to be that reminder. Don't lose heart now. Like, still today commit yourself and you'll see that he will be your justifier he will so i i I think some of the key explanation is is you know kind of broken down this way we we are committing we're trusting we're delighting in the lord um and we got to look at that word it's capital l capital o capital r capital d this isn't a lowercase l here this isn't some ordinary Lord or taskmaster, this is Yahweh, Jehovah. There is only one being that can have that title where all of those words are capitalized. It's the one true God. So as Lord, he runs it, he owns it, he dispenses his grace for our good when he sees bet. And that's where the trust is like, okay, trusting that he sees and he knows what's best. So committing our way to his lordship versus other things. Yeah, this isn't the kind of Lord that you hear in like Downton Abbey or some other like British, you know, TV series where Lord is just tossed around as like a mid-manager in the British, uh, you know, commerce system. This is this is talking about the capital L-O-R-D, yeah. uh, Yahweh. In all caps. Now, even the capital L, like the Lord of the manor, is really anybody that's in charge of that sect or that area or anything we give ourselves to is lording. Have you ever, people may have heard that, don't don't lord, don't let anybody lord over you. And the picture I always had when my dad told me that was this picture of, of getting hit in football and this linebacker just standing over me. He's lording over me. This is my field, right? So I, I don't know what that has to do with this other than, <laughs> other than the idea that, yeah, we all give ourselves or give into some types of little lords all the time. And we commit ourselves to the Lord of our job, the Lord of this, the Lord. And it doesn't give to us what this one true Yahweh, Jehovah, Lord gives to us when we commit our way to him. So, I think that's key to the explanation here is commit and delight and trust in this one. Um, And because he is who he is, he's the only one that can bring about the justices, the righteousness, and the growing trust that we really long for. I love that explanation. And, you know, anytime we read Scripture, we always want to be thinking about what does it look like for me to obey this, to not just be a hearer of the Word, but a doer of the Word. And so when you think about application and, and how we take this passage and start kneading it into our Mondays and Thursdays and just our daily rhythms, what comes to your mind? Well, personally, um, 
the temptation is to wake up and commit my way to this or to that. Um, and, and just very simply, this verse for this week, kind of like the one last week, is when I think about commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him. He will act, making your righteousness shine like the dawn. Um, there are a lot of times as leaders, just in life, you want to justify yourself or you want to make yourself look good in front of the boss or even to your wife. or And so you commit your, your actions to that work. Well, the call from David here, from the, from the Lord through David is, Jason, commit yourself to me. Let me worry about who sees you, when they see you, and how they see you. Just commit your way to me. I'll take care of everything else. It really is that simple. Just wake up. Lord, you have this day. I'm committing my way to you today. Um, and I'm going to trust that whoever, however they see me, is you're in charge of all that. Yeah, I mean, I think the beautiful thing about these passages where he's giving us these really explicit commands is that we don't have to overthink it. I mean, I think that the real application of this passage is to do exactly what David says, which is to commit our way to the Lord. And I get this idea of like devotion, devote yourself, commit yourself to these to these things. And I just think, man, what does that mean for me in, in my week? And it's the first thing that comes to mind is just to do this kind of spiritual audit. Well, what am I caring about? Like, where do my, where do my thoughts drift when I'm just, you know, twiddling my thumbs and all my extra spare time that I have with three kids and <laughs> job, you know, but in those moments, uh, you know, where do my thoughts drift? Where do my hopes drift to? Like, what's, what's the thing that would just get me excited during the day or mad, you know, at some other point in time, because I think those emotions are kind of like check engine lights on what's going on inside of us. You know, when we see those really big emotions, we're probably having some type of hope tied into that thing, uh, whether it's an idol or not. And, and so for me, I'm just thinking, man, I know there's some things in my life that I'm loving more than God, that I'm putting hope in more than God. And so I just, I think it's a really simple application for myself and probably a lot of us out there where we don't need to overcomplicate this, but there needs to be that reset commitment and devotion to God's kingdom and the things that are, are not going to pass away. Absolutely. I, I think one story that might help, um, as I recall, I, I was thinking um, whenever we were working on life verses and scheduling this verse, um, there was a time in my life where my dad, I, he knew I was upset because I, I wasn't popular. I wasn't being liked. I was I was being overlooked, and I just was real worried. And, I, and at one particular time, I had some bullies kind of pressing in on me on some stuff. And, and my dad just real simply, without quoting this verse, quoted this verse. I mean, not meaning. He said, Jason, just what I know is if you just would serve, live your life to please the Lord. Don't try to please people. Please the Lord. And there's going to come a day where... You're going to, the respect and the honor of, of that kind of man of character is going to matter. I was eighth grade. He told me that. Well, what happens to guys in ninth, 10th grade? They start to grow. They start to develop. They start to become more confident. And I remember the convictions that I had by just always going back to that. Just please the Lord. Commit to the Lord. Commit to the Lord. You know, and then and God brought uh, several things into my life that I could have never attained. Um, you know, I became student by president, got a scholarship for leadership at a university. It was wonderful. And it wasn't that I had earned those. It was 
that I began to trust the Lord at an early age. And I like this promise from from in this psalm. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him. He will act, making your righteousness shine like the dawn. Dave, how many times does the dawn come up during the week? Seven times by my record. Yeah, so it's a habit. You know, imagine having your righteousness be seen as habitual from people and your justice like the noonday. Imagine knowing that justice was going to be applied to your life as routinely as the noon hour every day. There's something beautiful about that. Yeah, and I love that the the promise here is not commit your way and everything in your life is going to become easy and convenient and comfortable, but he's he really ties this promise into a life of righteousness and justice that, that becomes the fruit of our life out of that. And I just love that. And it's tied back into verse four, right? When he says that he'll give us the desires of our heart, it's that same idea that as we follow him and commit ourselves to him, that our heart is molded in a way where we are getting the desires of our heart and it's him. And it's not just, you know, the things of this world that are passing. Yeah. It's the quit striving to win people, quit striving to please people. Just commit your way to the Lord. He'll justify you. He'll he'll bring righteousness into your life. Just commit your way to the Lord. Well, and I, I think, too, it's important to remember, like, this is not a one-time, just do this, and then you're set for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's I not mean, the way commitment works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's just like anything that we're committed to. It takes yeah. endurance and steadfastness and long-suffering, you know, to... Uh, to do that. So, you know, if you're listening and you're like me and you're thinking, man, I, this is just a lifelong thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's the reality here is that this is something that we're probably going to have to just preach to ourselves constantly as long as we're here on this earth. So, so when it says here, commit your way, you mean the way is ongoing? That's a, that's a journey. That's, (laughs) (laughs) it's not, that's not just commit this next five minutes. Yeah. I wish that would make, that'd make life a lot easier, but uh, this is good stuff. I like it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, we want to say thank you for listening to the Grace Slato podcast. We hope that this discussion spurred you on in your love for Jesus and your love for people this week. And we will see you next Wednesday for our episode on Psalm 46, verse 1.